In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This day is full of incidents, full of actions. But I want us all to find a spiritual way in this day. The first thing I tell you, our Lord Jesus Christ was knowing that his disciples will go into very difficult time. So he wanted to prepare them for that difficult time. He raised the Lazarus. He healed the blind man. To do what? To strengthen their faith before he goes into the same. They got that faith. Then he went into the victory, cursed hypocrisy, and went into the temple, cleansed the temple, means I, am, I want to purify you. That's very important, to believe and to be pure. Cleansed the temple from outside, took all the merchants out, turned the tables of the money upside down, and went more toward the purification. When he took the disciples to the Last Supper and sat down to wash their feet, and this is not only cleansing them from outside, the temple from outside, but cleansing their hearts. He sat down to wash their feet with water. And water here is, of course, a symbol of our baptism washing the feet of the disciples is a symbol of the baptism and a symbol of what else? The renewal of our baptism. It is the symbol of repentance and confession, which we call it second baptism. Yeah? When he sat to wash their feet, we remember the Red Sea before they go into the Promised Land, crossing Jordan River, Bethesda, and the Lake of Silwam, the flood itself, which is purifying the earth 
and purifying the sins of those who have sinned. The washing of the feet is a great humility from the Lord. Can you imagine the King of Kings, the God of Gods, the greatest ever holy God comes down and sit down to wash your feet. St. Peter couldn't take it. He said to him, you can't. And the Lord answered him, unless I wash you, you will have no share with me. It's a must. It is nobody can escape it. And the essence of it, that you are going to have my body and my blood. You have to be pure. But before you have the body and the blood, you have as well to do it with each other. He said to them, as I have done it to you, you have to do it to each other. In the liturgy, we say, if you in the liturgy remember, remember that someone is upset from you, what do you need to do? You leave your offerings and go and reconcile and come back. So the Lord made it a condition. As I have done it to you, you have to do it to each other too. When he bent to wash their feet, you remember the woman, the sinner woman? She washed his feet with her ah, tears. Another woman poured the precious perfume on his feet. It's a sign of what? Not only humility, but sign of hospitality and love. Hospitality and the love. The hospitality, when the Lord went into Simon's house, he said to him, I came into your house and you didn't uh, bring water to wash my feet. This woman washed my feet with her tears. And a sign of unity, when I wash your feet, you will be purified so that we can unite together. Me and you, and not only me and you, but you with everyone else. Do it for each other. And it is a sign as well for the 
the Holy Communion itself, because in the Holy Communion, I will unite with you. Then our Lord Jesus Christ gave them, he took bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body. Arfim, the whole of our liturgy, few words. He took bread, blessed it, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to the disciples. That's the whole liturgy. Five words. It takes two and a half hours, or three hours. Basoma assassin, five words, no more. But every word with some prayers takes time. He did the same. He turned the Passover into the human sacrifice, into the divine sacrifice. There is no love more than that, that one puts himself for the others. Thus, God has loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that no one believes and perish. The Holy Communion is the Passover itself. He offered himself a sacrifice. And when the Lord offers himself a sacrifice, he wants you to be what? He wants you to be what? Holy. A sacrifice too. Unless you will be a sacrifice, you cannot rejoice and enjoy his sacrifice. His sacrifice turns us to be a sacrifice. Always remember, you can't have the sacrifice unless you yourself be a sacrifice. The Holy Communion became a continuous sacrifice. When he offered his blood and his body, it was unlimited sacrifice. God is unlimited. He took our humanity and offered himself when he united with our humanity to be a sacrifice. This sacrifice became our humanity in our Lord Jesus Christ became what? Unlimited. Became eternal. 
became a spiritual sacrifice, became enough not only for one, but for the whole world before and at present and for the end of the world, till the end of the world. And that is why his forgiveness, it is still going on. You know, when you have the Holy Communion, it means what? When you have the Holy Communion, it means we dissect the time. We go back to the Last Supper room and we have the same body and the same blood he offered to his disciples from even his hand. When we have his body and his blood, we became participants in his divine nature. We became members in his body. We became member for each other. We became one body. Any divisions to that one body is not from God. Any disharmony of that body is not from the Lord. It's not his will. When the Lord offered the Holy Communion, his own body and the blood to the disciples, he gave all the disciples, yeah? Many believe, but not Judas which means he gave it only to those who ah, deserve it, to those who been purified. Not only that, but even though he gave it to his disciples, but it did not make them infallible. What that does mean, infallible? Yani it didn't make them without a sin. No. It did not protect them to make them not weak or sinners anymore. When the Lord actually gave them his blood and his body, still St. Peter went and denied him. Still St. Peter been weakened. And that is not strange because we still have our human nature. But then the Lord did not leave St. Peter. 
and did not leave even Judas. But Judas was resisting his care and his warnings. After that, the Lord gave them a warning that they will see his death, but he gave them hope too that he will be risen. He kept telling them, if you love me, huh, you will what? Rejoice that I told you that I am leaving. But actually, because before he left them, he did what? He has hidden himself into them. He actually didn't leave them. He said, I will be, be with you all days. Did he really leave them? No, he went into them before the crucifix, before the crucifixion. When our Lord offered himself on Thursday, he offered himself by himself, by his own will. He broke himself before anyone to crucify him. That is why we count even the three days, not from Friday, but from Thursday, that when he offered himself a sacrifice. This is the minute that he crucified himself. He warned them, he told them before it happened, so that they will be ready to receive what they will see. And at last, he took them to the Gethsemane. He took them to Gethsemane to do what? To watch and the pray and he kept praying and watching waiting for the minute they come and arrest him when god put adam and eve in the garden of eden yeah they did fall and he came to make us have victory against the fall of Adam and to overcome the sin of Adam. And can you imagine that he wanted to say the way to heaven is a narrow gate. I say to you rejoice, but I am still taking you to the suffering. Even after you have my blood, 
and my body, even after all the promises that you will have eternal life with me. But you have to pass through the cross. The cross is our gate to heaven. And that is why he took us to Gethsemane. And in Gethsemane, even the disciples fell asleep. And he said to St. Peter, you can't pray with me for one hour. You can't. But never mind. I will pray for you and pray it for them. Not only prayed for them, and was watching, but when even Judas has come, to the last minute, he asked Judas, why did you come? And Judas couldn't answer. And he kissed him, and they arrested him. Even before they arrest him, he made a promise. There is a covenant between us and the Christ that of which the Father has given him, he will not lose one. Before they arrest him, he asked them, who do you want? And then they said, Jesus Christ. He said, it's me. They all fell on their faces. He could have escaped, but he didn't. But the only thing he said, if you want to take me, let them go first. Can you imagine? Among his terrible minutes and terrible agony and suffering, he cares and loves his disciples and would not leave one of them to be arrested. You have to leave them to go. When even Peter have took his sword and cut the ear of the servant Malchus, he said no. He refused to fight a human fight. He said no, you can't do that. Those who fight use the sword. By the sword they will be taken. And they took the ear of that Malchus and brought it back to him and insisted they have to leave them before they lay their hands upon him. After they have left them, he surrendered himself to them. I wanted Keda in, in the whole of this that we all say with him one verse of which you have given me, I will not lose one. 
of which you have given me, I will not lose one. You apply it for all your talents. You will not lose one talent. You apply it for all your family and the children. You will not lose one. You apply it for all your responsibilities. You will not lose one responsibility. Faithfulness is our way to the heavenly kingdom. It is a covenant that the Lord have done with us and it is your covenant with the Lord. May our Lord today give us all this grace Glory to God forever. Amen.